It is indeed, and uh, 15 minutes uh, past 8 p.m. is now the time, and uh, we go straight into our Shop Stewards Corner, which we bring to you every Monday, taking a look at what's happening out on the shop floor in the lives of working people. And, uh, yeah, this evening we shine a spotlight on those who enforce our laws, and uh, they've certainly been busy over the last while, and uh, that is the police force. And, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, that being said, uh, we speak to uh, one of the trade unions that organizes in this space, which is suggesting that the members uh, of the South African Police Union are getting ready for a strike. Now, this follows the collapse of the talks in uh, the uh, uh, public sector bargaining platforms, and uh, the union had already declared a dispute, and uh, uh, yeah, strike balloting was already starting to happen, and uh, yeah, then the events of last week uh, unfolded. And uh, to tell us and uh, give us the latest of uh, where they are, I guess, with the employer and also the prospects of uh, a looming strike. I'm joined by Lesiba Tobakhale, who speaks on behalf of SAPU and uh, also is their chief negotiator. Lesiba, good evening to you and Adele Gai. Ayabonga, good evening. We are sending the South African Policing Union greetings to yourself and to your listeners. Thank you very much. I really appreciate Adele Siba that you could join us this evening. Maybe for some of us who might not be familiar, uh, with uh, the evolution of this uh, particular bargaining experience that has uh, led you to uh, declare this dispute, go out and ballot your members. Take us back. Give us the genesis and the context of uh, how we got to where we are. Uh, early this year, as we know that uh, the wage negotiations, you know, they occur from time and again within the public service, uh, meaning that all government departments, they would been represented by the Depart- by DPSA, the Department of Public uh, Service and Administration, at the PSCBC, then would sit on the table uh, to deal with issues uh, that speaks to the wage negotiations. And this year, that has happened. We had pre-wage negotiations where we would then gather all our demands in order to prepare so that when we get into the wage negotiations, already we understand one another, both the trade unions, when we are combined, we are labor, and also the employer. And that process has unfolded, and we started with the wage negotiations. But the posture that the employer came with uh, at the wage negotiations, it was that government is not prepared uh, to give any increase uh, for the next three years to any public servant. And, you know, ourselves as a union, you know, we, we did not take kind to that because when we look at the economic conditions that our members are working under, as we speak, cost of living, it is so high. And when we take into consideration further that during last year in 2020, uh, the last leg of resolution one of 2018 was not implemented, meaning that the buying power of employees, buying power of our our police officials, uh, of our traffic officials, of our members at the prisons, of our metro police, uh, really went down. So we, we, we did not take time to that, but we went into negotiations uh, saying to the employer that that is 0% base budget that you are coming with, we are not going to accept it because these employees were prejudiced even during the course of the lockdown. Remember police officials, when the lockdown started, they were waiting. They are the ones who were enforcing, and they are still enforcing the regulations, and they are the ones who are dealing with the unrest that is there within our country as we speak now. And 
that is where, you know, we went into this further negotiations. There was facilitation process and so on. But the outcome thereof, uh, as a union, as SAPU, we did not take kind to it because employer came with a, what they call a cash gratuity, where they are saying those who are on salary level one, you know, depending on the salary scales, they'll get uh, 1,220, which was their latest uh, so-called offer. And then those who are the highest at salary level 12 would get around 1,695. Uh, uh, yeah, it is good for us to mention uh, that uh, that amount, it is still, you know, subject to tax, and it is not even pensionable, meaning that after tax, you know, you'll get whatever for the, for the coming 12 months. And then after that, there is no guarantee in terms of what would happen. And as a union, remember our demand was that we, want, we demanded CPI plus 4%, which was giving us a percentage, at least minimum percentage of 7.5%. And that demand uh, it was not acceded to in state. It was uh, then tried to be, you know, uh, to be replaced by this amount of money that the employer brought. And we said, now our employees are not going to benefit out of mm. this. And speaking to the current status, there was also a, a disguised so-called offer, you know, which is out there in the public space, which, we, which indeed we need to clarify to say the 1.5% that the employer speaks to, mm. it is not an increment, Aya. Okay, let's do this. I've got yes. a, a, a short break that's nearing up on me. So let me okay. take the a quick ad break. And when we come back, uh, you'll unpack that 1.5% for us and uh, mm-hmm. indicate, I guess, why you say that, in essence, it's not a new offer, nor is it new money. 24 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to the Shop Stewards Corner here on Metro FM Talk. I'm in conversation uh, this evening for our Shop Stewards Corner segment. Uh, with the South African Policing Union's uh, Lesiba Tobakhale, uh, national spokesperson and chief negotiator there at the uh, SAPU. Now, uh, and Adele Lesiba, you were saying just before the break uh, that uh, you certainly reject uh, the uh, revised offer that uh, uh, it is reported is placed by the employer on the table, that 1.5%. And you're unpacking for us, I guess, uh, your interpretation of it and um, uh, suggesting that it, it isn't really a new offer. Tell us a bit more. That is true, Aya, because, you know, we are saying that because the 1.5%, like we said, it has been guaranteed in terms of PSCBC Resolution 1 of 2018, Mm. uh, which is pay progression, you know, for it to come as if it is a disguised offer. You know, we found that indeed the employer was disingenuous by trying to do something like that, uh, because indeed it it, it is not anything new. But as, as, as an organization, uh, being a responsible organization that is, uh, you know, uh, worker-controlled, we, even, even when these negotiations went further, uh, we had lost a dispute because we could see that, indeed, the employer was not bringing anything tangible that would favor the employees on, on the table. And we had a, a certificate of non-resolution signed, uh, issued by a commissioner at the PSCBC, and as we speak, you know, we've been through a process of piloting, which we will be concluding soon. Uh, we hope to conclude it by this week. But the majority of our members, they are saying that, indeed, we need to go on strike. But we need to unpack it when we speak of the strike. Remember, the police were considered to be essential services. Meaning the service that we are rendering is essential, and without it, you know, things could go catastrophic. And if a responsible union would not want to see something like that, 
Uh, our police officials, in terms of the law, they are not allowed to go on strike when they have to perform essential service. One cannot say, uh, I cannot perform this essential service because I need to go on strike. They are not allowed to do that. But uh, we've got around 180,000 employees within the subs. Out of them, out of those 180,000, 142,000 are our police act, whom we refer to them, books on the ground, whom are not allowed to strike. But the balance there of whom, which ranges around 37,000, we've got our support staff, whom fall, are categorized in terms of the Public Service Act. Those are our members that we are indeed bank, banking on to say, uh, since the law allows them to go on strike, they are not performing any essential service, uh, we are banking on them, you know, to really uh, go on strike when the organization uh, really say, okay, now it is time to do so. And looking into the, the circumstances that we are working under, uh, our police officials, you know, our members out there, uh, they are indeed, you know, working within uh, those dangerous environments. When you look, Aya, as well, you know, school fees is so high. When you look at the insurance policies, they went up. Medical aid costs went up. Price of bread, you know, all of those things, uh, they, they, they really escalated. But the salary of our employees, of our members, uh, went down instead of it going high. So we really are hoping that after the meeting we had at the PSDBC on the 9th uh, of this month, uh, where now the employer said that was the last offer. You know, there's, there's nothing uh, that they are going to bring on the table. We, we, we pronounced in council that no, we are not going to agree with this and we are proceeding with other, uh, other means that we have that are available. And we, we, we are also applauding and, and, you know, we are saying other, those unions, whom even themselves joined us to reject this so-called offer that the employer takes on the table. And we are also saying to those that they are still saying that uh, they would come back and pronounce, uh, they need to do the right thing. Mm. So that the, after the 21 days in terms of the constitution of the PSDBC, uh, if that agreement does not uh, reach a 50% plus one, it doesn't enjoy the majority. Then uh, by virtue of that, then the employer is bound to come back to the table. That is where we want the, that is where we want the employer to come back to the table and then let's have further negotiations. Let, let them bring something better on the table because, you know, parliamentarians are able to get their increases. They're able to enjoy the rest of other benefits that they have. But public servants whom during this space of COVID-19, you know, uh, we've lost so many of our members due to COVID-19. We've lost so many of our members due to police killings. And we are saying that uh, at least the least that the employer could do it is to keep them CPI plus 4%. That is the least that we are just asking from the employer. CPI plus 4? C- CPI, yes, plus 4%. Oh, you want at CPI. Not, yes. Oh, I thought you said CPI plus 4. No, we are saying it's CPI plus 4%. That's oh, what we're demanding. Okay, all right. Maybe the other thing I, I just want to hear your perspective on, which of course has a massive bearing on your conditions of work, is the budget for policing in the country. You've raised some issue with that uh, and the implications that it has for many of your members. What are some of the issues that you have uh, with the budget? Of course, we know I think over uh, just over 50% of that budget goes to visible policing. Uh, and then, of course, uh, is then aggregated into others, you know, uh, personal security and, uh, of course, many of the other uh, subcomponents, detective services as well. Yeah, uh, our concern as an organization, 
the police since last year, they, you know, we faced massive budget cuts. It was 11 billion uh, during the year, the financial year of 2020. Uh, 2021 and now 2021-2022 financial year, uh, SAPS is facing 2.6 billion. And I, uh, we are talking about you know security, mm. security of the country, uh, people who are there to ensure that you know there is security that is guaranteed to the inhabitants of the republic and even their property. And you know. We are saying that the Minister of Police needs to play his role. Uh, we know it is Treasury that does this budget cuts, but we, we, we are expecting that the Minister of Police should really, you know, uh, come up and say, you know what, we cannot cut the budget of the police because when you look at uh, how the police are working, they really need to ensure that at all times there are enough resources out there. They need to ensure that there is enough, enough manpower. And the latest unrest, indeed, has overstretched our members. It has really proven that the call that we're making, Esther, to say, uh, ensure that the reenlistment of former members, uh, it is guaranteed. And we even went further. And that process has not, has not been finalized. And we've, been, we've raised it during COVID when we saw that, indeed, lots of our members, you know, were, uh, their lives were, were taken by COVID. And we also brought about the employment of reservists to say within your budget ensure that you include them because already reservists are out there volunteering you know giving their services for free and these people that you don't need to train them for a long time and as we speak they are at the colleges but we are also having this outcry to say we need to see our young people out there mm. who want to come and join the police who want to come and ensure that south africa it is safe so we are saying that uh, you know what uh, indeed government needs to look into the issue of cutting the budget of subs up, you know, the way that they've cut it. They really need to restore that budget mm. so that we can have even more manpower. We can uh, employ more police officials. And let me shock you, Aya, and, and even the listeners, with this fact that the ratio that the United Nations has placed, you know, has recommended is that one police official should uh, police around 210 in, uh, people or, mm. or uh, inhabitants within the republic but the ratio that is being utilized in south africa it is way above that because of the shortage of uh, police officials yeah, yeah. within uh, the, the south african police service and i must say you know Tawakale, we certainly saw that i mean we saw that last week where you know the police were running helter skelter trying to you know quash what effectively was happening just in two provinces out of the nine i mean imagine if we had a generalized state of chaos that even included you know, sparsely populated places like the Northern Cape, I don't think we would have uh, the police personnel to be able to deal with that. Uh, yeah, the truth is, you know, it may end up, you know, being catastrophic because our members, or as overstretched as they were, they were trying to do the le- their level best mm-hmm. to try and contain the situation. And looking further to say crowd management, it is something that is a specialized you know, it needs a specialized skill. That is where our P, our public order policing, you know, comes in. And when we look at the Falam Commission, the Falam Commission spoke about the recommendations. One of the recommendations of the, of the Falam Commission was that a panel of experts, uh, you know, they sh- it should be convened in order for them to look into how policy should be done, how, how public order policing uh, unit should be capacitated. And when we look, you know, the unrest itself, it showed us that the panel of experts, as they said, they've made their recommendations. And the report was collecting dust at the office of the Minister of Police. 
which was released after we called for it to say it is about time that should happen. And when we look at those issues, if uh, SAPS management ensured that they, they, they implemented those 136 a panel of expert recommendations. Our situation now, as we speak, even during this unrest, would have been would have shown a different picture. Mm. But we we should commend our police officials to say our police officials overstretched. You know, uh, even when the numbers were so so much even above our police officials, mm. they remained to be professional. There was no loss of life at the, out of the action of the police officials. You know, which we know that police officials, we are always on the spotlight, you know. Every, you know, everybody's, everyone is always looking out there to say, what is it that they can sure, do wrong? Sure. But we are calling on subs management, we are calling on government to really look into issues of policing, to look into the issues of budget, to look into capacitating mm. the, human, uh, the human capital, to, to, to capacitate even the resources, to ensure that those recommendations are implemented in order to improve craft management and how policing is done within a country. Mm. Thank you very much, sir. Really appreciate uh, uh, your views this evening. And we'll certainly follow this particular story closely. Uh, and, uh, of course, yeah, that uh, looming uh, showdown there um, in the form of a strike by uh, members of the South African Policing uh, Union. Lesiba Tobakhale speaks on behalf of that union and is also the chief negotiator there.